0: I caution you that this is going to be a very worldly episode, but I also remind you that this podcast, Season with Salt, is named in honor of Colossians, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse that says, let your speech be always with grace, season with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. The reason why that is the subject of this podcast is because I believe that Christians have the right and the responsibility to discuss things that are trending and to bring a sobriety and clarity and pureness of understanding to things that folks are trying to understand in the world. And so that's exactly what I'm going to be doing today. I'm going to be speaking from the heart. Hey, thank you for listening to Season with Soft, the podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Buamonte. So I'm going to try to hit on a couple of different topics. I definitely want to talk about the D.L. Hughley and Monique situation. I got to go off about Jada Pickett-Smith breaking her silence about the Oscar slap. Um, and a couple of other things that I think are, are are noteworthy. So let me just start with... Actually, I better say something about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Did y'all watch that trial? Uh, it was a mess. Five weeks of, of just, like, content to be reviewed and discussed in law school lecture halls for centuries to come. It was that much of a mess, like shout out to Johnny Depp's lawyers, uh, Camille Vasquez and whoever else, cause Camille was the one that I enjoyed the most and kind of made me want to be a lawyer so I could be the one to be like objection, hearsay, relevance, objection, hearsay, no foundation, objection, hearsay, leading, Like, during the trial, first of all, clarification, because people were making this be about, like, Johnny Depp's innocence, when actually Johnny Depp sued Amber Heard for defamation of character as a result of losing out on career opportunities because she wrote an op-ed which did not necessarily name him, but gave the impression that he was a wife beater. And then she, you know, claimed that she was going to use the $7 million to donate to all these charities and then she forgot to. And I mean, just the best. So for Johnny Depp, this was an opportunity to clear his name, to talk about the fact that when people level these, assaults at your character, they impact the way that you're received, they impact your wallet, your money, your career. Uh, And Johnny Depp's intent was to say, if you want to play games or write articles, then we're going to put it all out on the table. My concern, especially with watching the trial and seeing, like, the intricacies of their relationship, the drug use, the the being surrounded by people um, who enable them. My concern is that they get the help that they need as people um, and not just people around them who enable them. And that's for both of them. And like literally when I got the news that um, the jury had come back with their decision and that Johnny Depp was awarded 15 million and uh, Emma Heard was, awarding like two million i'm thinking to myself like these jurors and judges i believe they believe that justice has been served but i think real justice comes through healing and reconciliation and that's not to say that they have to be a couple again or anything it's just to say that you know, for the sake of their ability to even repay each other this money, like, they need to have thriving careers, and the foundation of those thriving careers should be good mental health, uh, should be, um, you know, just not any foolishness. So, I'm praying for them. I really am praying for them. I'm praying for them like they go to my church. I'm praying for them like we're friends, and I also hope that um, you know the lawyers, those who represented them, that the, the success of this, or I won't say the success, also the visibility of this um, case will present them with new opportunities to advance the field um, and just demonstrate the power of good Legal support, right? So, kudos to the to the to the trial. I'm positively uh, encouraged by uh, the outcome myself. So, I wanted to mention that this DL Hughley and Monique thing. So, ironically, last year on May 31st of 2021, I um, uh, you can go back and look at episode 86. I named that episode, Monique is not my auntie. And I talked about the outlandish, uh, you know, me, the thing that she does when she provides this correction to people. And I also talked a little bit about Kevin Samuels, uh, rest his soul, Um, and, I thought it was ironic that she resurfaces in the news and in her resurfacing in the news, is bringing to the surface a lot of things that people have said about her. So you may have just heard about the story and then not, um, not really know, knew what it was about. So let me just kind of iron out where we are with the whole, you know, and Monique thing. Um The crazy thing about this is that the world is already inundated with really complicated interpersonal conflicts and we don't need any more. We definitely don't need none, including Monique, she got a problem with Oprah, she got a problem with Lee Daniels, she got a problem with Tyler Perry, she got a problem with Netflix, she got a problem with all these different people and she got a problem with women wearing bonnets. She got a problem with what folks wear to the airport. She got a pro- She just got a problem with everything. like, And that's not different for me. Aunties do be having problems with everything. But like I said in episode 86, we need to revive the kitchen table where people come together as a family to discuss what's wrong and what's right. You ain't got to be air out or dirty laundry to everybody. So anyway, here's what happened. Both comedians had a show um, at the Fox Theater in Detroit, Michigan. Both comedians were under the impression that they were the headliners for this particular show. Both of them had either contracts or statements or written documents, whether they're signed or unsigned, that gave the impression that they were were headliners. The difference, however, is that D.L. Hughley's contract said that he had to uh, 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 be the last person to perform, the highest paid performer, and that he had the right to approve other people who performed. Now, Monique has already admitted that in her career, she's already opened for D.L. Hughley. So that if you open for D.L. Hughley 30 years ago, then it's clear that DL got a little bit more clout he has to write to say this but if your husband didn't write I'm getting into my commentary but if your husband didn't write up an adequate a, a contract that this all what it meant to be a a a headliner that's my deal people's fault so essentially what happened is upon recognition of the conflict backstage neither of them was willing to yield D.L. Hughley said a headliner is a headliner, and here's what headliner means to me. And you can tell Monique to kick rocks. She is not the headliner of the show per my contract with the promoter. So I guess Monique thought that because of what her contract said that was written up by her husband or whoever, that D.L. Hughley should yield to her because she's a lady and a black sister and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he wasn't having it. So she took her time slot and decided that she was going to run D.O. Hughley in the mud. And boy, did she do that. She talked about his private part. She talked about his sexuality. She insinuated that uh, the, the, the initials D.L. meant you know, something related to his... Uh, sexual escapades. Uh, she talked about his family. She, she, she. Now, here's the thing that he, he, she's saying. Now, she let me clarify some of the things. If you watched the video, you heard her talking about how she had you know Hughley at her house at her table. That was actually like many many moons ago, allegedly, or what she said on her live on. Um, what she said on her live on instagram was that many many years ago uh he had a show and i guess she opened for him and nobody showed up to the show because it was the same night as the mike tyson fight and so she invited all the the fans to her house to watch the fight and uh to uh you know just to be served food and so to her that meant that she uh india were friends that relationship ended but it ended uh, according to her um years later most recently when Monique went on Dio Hughley's syndicated radio show Monique ain't got no radio show she went on Dio Hughley's syndicated radio show and she was being interviewed by a woman on the show Dio Hughley was not even in the studio and was not there she was being interviewed and they asked her if she, because clearly she had not listened to the show before because she did, or she had not ever heard of the game, have you ever? They got to play in, have you ever. And the first question that they asked her was, would you let your husband, would you rather your husband uh, have sexual activity with Lee Daniels with a condom or Corinne Steffens, superhead, without a condom. Well, naturally, Monique was upset because the insinuation there. First of all, what do Lee Daniels and Corinne Steffens have to do with anything that Monique is doing, right? So she was unhappy with it. So she allegedly, apparently, she said that she called D.L. Hughley, who was not of the set, and said, hey, what's this about? Your people disrespected my husband. D.L. was like, oh, that's just what we do. That's the game. She didn't like to respond. So to her, that represented the end of a civil relationship. And she then goes on to say that D.L. Hughley at a number of times had his name in their mouth and blah, 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 blah. So she's addressing all of this. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, y'all, it is clear that this is a contractual issue. It's a business arrangement that went awry that likely has nothing to do with either D.L. Hughley or Monique but their management and the promoter of the event and they were not clear about who was the headliner to the headliner and who was the headliner to those that were not the headliners so you then have a battle of egos so what what's the outcome like what what should happen it's like whenever you get in a conflict and you operate in your emotions, first of all, it seemed like there was a day when we allowed for a lack of emotional control intact amongst comedians, particularly black comedians, that we don't allow for anymore. And a part of it is is that so much is going on in the world that you just have to be careful. You have to know what to say and what not to say. Monique's claim is that Dio Hughley, aside, first of all, she later came off to say she wasn't even tripping really about the whole headliner thing. Clearly she wasn't because she went out and performed anyway. But she was unapologetic about the fact that she was willing to disrespect Dio Hughley on stage after a private manner. And for that, and then her, and her husband get on, go on, you know, Instagram live, brother, brother, career, and, and, uh, 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 br- br- brother, uh, Brother Lee Daniels and and, and sister sister Karen Stefan, superhead, and 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 brother uh, brother uh, brother DL. Listen, calling somebody brother after you have offended them is like, I mean, I don't even have to even describe how confusing that is because. First of all, the Bible says that if you want friends, you got to show yourself friendly, right? And you can feel the way that you feel until you're blue in the face. But what reconciliation requires is you owning the mistake that you made, even if you were wrong so that you can open up the lines of communication to come to some agreement or some uh, peace, right? And so Monique has a classic reputation for digging herself into holes where she is beyond reconciliation with people. Because even in this scenario, it's almost like the D.L. Hughley scenario opens up these wounds with Lee Dan. You're still talking about Lee Dan. You're still talking about Oprah. You're still talking about Tyler Perry. Now you're talking about, I mean, you're just adding all of these people. And these people are having to, first of all, the thing that I don't like about what, Monique, I'm canceling her in my world. Yes, I know we said cancel culture was over, but here's what I don't like about her. Here's why I'm canceling her personally. I'm tired of hearing her in particular say that all these successful black people who have made their mark on pop culture on on in, in journalism in in movie and film i'm tired of her saying with her mouth that these people are clowns because they don't do like she does i don't i just i i just i just hate the idea that The work of these brilliant people has to be illegitimized because they don't have the same mindset. She even said that the thing that she did not like about Tyler Perry is that he set her up for failure when he said that he, if he was cast in a movie, that he would essentially do whatever the studio and those who pay for the movie to come into play, he would do whatever it is that they asked him to do to promote the movie. To her, she was like, well, that doesn't make sense because they need to pay me for a promotion. No, they paid you for the movie. You should want the movie to be successful. That's all Tyler Perry was saying. If I'm in the movie and I have already got paid for being in the movie, I will promote the movie. And I don't necessarily have to be paid. That's his professional commitment. Why does his professional commitment have to make him a coon because it doesn't align with your ideology? I don't understand that. So yes, I'm i I'm done with Monique. Not that I ever started with her. But I told her last year, get you a kitchen table and sit down and talk to these girls. If you gotta if you got a ministry for getting girls out of nets, then you need to have a conference or write an op ed or or, or, or gather some girls at your house. Why does everything have to be so... You, 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 like, Why does this correction have to be public? Now, I understand in the Black culture, we do prioritize public corrections sometimes in a way that's unhealthy, but also healthy, right? Like, it, sometimes you do gotta be told. Sometimes folks ain't gonna change unless they get told in front of somebody. Sometimes embarrassment is, is helpful. But I guarantee you, ain't nobody not wearing no body because of Monique. And a part of it has to do with the way in which she decided to air her discontent. If you want me to change, judging me is not a good way to start. I'm done. Cancel. Jada Pinkett Smith, canceled. She dedicates her Red Table Talk to a discussion about people living with alopecia. Fine. I get it. Bring this back up. While she's Before she gets started with alopecia, she makes a statement about the Oscar night. And I'm going to read to you specifically what she says about Oscar night. But first of all, let me just say one thing. No, let me, let me, I'll, I'll save that for the end. Here's what she said. Now, about Oscar Knight, my deepest hope is that these two intelligent, capable men have an opportunity to heal, talk this out, and reconcile the state of the world today. We live in both, and we all actually need one another more than ever. Until then, Will and I are continuing to do what we have done for the last 28 years, and that's keep figuring out this thing called life together. Thank you for listening. Inadequate. Inadequate. First of all, you cheated on your husband with some young whippersnapper. I don't care what they say. You had an entanglement with a young whippersnapper. Your husband is already emotionally vulnerable. There's a lot of trauma centered in your relationship. We read Will Smith's book. So we know some things are crazy. We have also sat at the ridge. You know what? Monique needs a table. We should call it the black table. She knows all black stuff. But anyway. This to me. First of all if you were going to advocate for alopecia, and you're gonna prioritize that over advocating for your husband. And I'm not saying, here's the thing, I don't think that she needed to come out and say, I'm glad my husband slapped Chris Rock. I'm not saying she should say that, but the way that her commentary comes off first of all if i i'm i'm will smith and jada comes to me and says hey babe uh i'm gonna do a red table talk on alopecia and i'm gonna insert this little part about the oscar night what do you think about it i'm will smith first of all you're gonna change the order of this commentary somebody wrote this for you anyway probably your lawyer But you're going to change the order of this. First, you're going to say, Will and I are continuing to do what we have done for the last 28 years, and that's keep figuring this thing out called life. Thank you for listening. You're going to start with that because whether you want to admit it or not, this man, whether positive or not, whether toxic or not, made a poor decision on your behalf in your protection, not to say that it was good or bad. I just I got my own opinion about that. But in his mindset, this was an act of protection of his wife, his ego, his manhood or whatever. And for you to come out talking about you hope they reconcile is weird. It almost to me comes off like you're not married to him. Like your need to talk about alopecia is what should be prioritized over this relationship that you have with a person who tried to defend you because you have alopecia. What type of reconciliation are you calling for between these two intelligent, capable men? if you believe that it centers around the fact that Chris Rock did not have the knowledge about the fact that your baldness was connected to alopecia. I just, I don't, and honestly, I don't know what I would want her to say, but it just feels like the way, and I watched it live, I'm not just reading it. It just didn't feel, to me, it feels like there is a greater intensity on the part of Will Smith to protect and honor and uplift Jada Pickett Smith than there is for Jada Pickett Smith to do the same for her husband. And you just made a whole red table talk about alopecia and maybe you need to make one about your husband. And you ain't gotta, for me, you don't have to Defend him slapping another man on national TV at the Oscar ceremony. I'm not saying you have to do that, but at least say what you mean by "we gonna keep doing the same thing that we've been doing for 28 years." Of course, you should keep doing the same thing. Your husband defended you, embarrassed himself, put his career on the line in your honor, and you dropping passive non-committed language around your relationship. Maybe I'm overthinking, but that's not the kind of relationship that I want to be in. Their relationship is already toxic. Now, I might be biased because I am a huge Will Smith fan. I read his book. I mean, I'm just like, you know, I never thought he did the wrong thing to be honest. I just can't I mean I just in my mind, I just you know that doesn't make my argument strong, so forget it, but i just i won't I won't be able to really get with Jada pickett Smith anymore because I just feel like her defense or concern or I'ma stick by my manness is lacking. And it's not the hood love that Mary J. Blige talked about. It feels very partnershipy. Like people at the office partnershipy. It feels like their work husband and wife, not real husband and wife. And if I was in a traumatic situation like what Will Smith was in, the statement that I would want my wife to make, this wouldn't be it. We need them both. Okay. But maybe Will Smith did read this and he was like, no, this is perfect. In fact, I, I mean, my problem was with Will Smith. Y'all should shout me a new on Basketball Wives, the 10th edition, if she's no longer a basketball wife because she made a preacher. Well, Seattle Seahawks fans by sierra's album since her husband is no longer with rt how do you feel about the fact that Anita baker is going on a 17 city tour after a very successful las vegas residency i feel good about that speaking of residency would you see Britney Spears when she was in residency in Las Vegas? What does she sing about? What's her, what are her songs? What do you think about the fact that Tank performed at a gay pride event and people were trying to cancel him and he was like, I'm not trying to let y'all bully me because I got gay fans. Does that make Tank gay? Does that make him an advocate? For gay people. And then finally. LeBron James is now the first. you hear me? The first active NBA player. To become a millionaire. He joins only two other NBA players. That are also millionaires. Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant. The rest his soul. But both Michael Jordan. And. And Kobe Bryant did it after retirement. I think that's amazing. Kudos to LeBron James for being a positive reflection of what it means to be an entrepreneur, an athlete, a scholar, a husband, a father. I really appreciate it. I think that's a good note to end this discussion on. We're going to pray for reconciliation, but we're also going to pray that in reconciliation, we don't dig deeper ditches for people and then later on go on and say that we've been canceled. And we're going to pray that... No, maybe I'm not going to pray for Jada Pinkett Smith. The prayer that I want to pray because I feel like If that's how their relationship rolls, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? We're going to pray that Johnny Depp and Amber Heard get the help that they need. And um, we're going to pray that Anita Baker has a Sacramento show. And we're going to pray that I think that's the end of the prayer list. Thank y'all for listening to Season Without South, the podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Beaumont and uh, I told you I was going to be worldly with there. Jesus is still on the throne. He definitely came down, 47-odd generations, died on the cross, rose again, and is alive and well and wants to save you, wants to deliver you from the stain of sin. And wants to reconcile you to himself, so that when he comes back, you go with him. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Lord. Season with so So